Hey everyone, this is James Wills with MTV Strength Training Systems and BikeJames.com and welcome to the rebranded Riding for a Lifetime podcast. I have been doing podcasts on and off for quite a while now uh, and recently I have been switching my focus with MTV Strength Training Systems to focus more on the needs of the 40 plus year old rider. Uh, something that's been very personal to me, I turned 40, it's been 7 years now that I've been uh, since I turned 40, so I'm actually, uh, you know, turning 50 here pretty soon. But I realized that when that happened, that there are definitely some differences between what you want to do as a uh, older mountain biker uh, compared to what you would do as a younger mountain biker. And so having had a career as a mountain biker starting in my early 20s uh, and seeing kind of how your body progresses as you get older and how that affects your riding. Also having the chance to work with a lot of riders over the years in different age categories, really started to see some patterns and things that helped me with my own training, uh, things I realized that I needed to start focusing on more. And so I've been talking a lot more about that lately and have decided to really just switch my focus into that direction and really focus on trying to help the older mountain biker understand what that they need to do, uh, what it is that they need to do to continue to improve and enjoy riding and really like I said you know riding for a lifetime that is the ultimate goal like how do you do this for a lifetime you don't want to have to quit riding because of age and injuries you want to be able to do this as long as you want at a relatively high level so what are the strategies that you need to do that and so that's going to be the focus of this podcast and really kind of MTB strength training systems going forward and so uh, like I said this is kind of the first podcast keep being uh, rebranded as the writing for a lifetime podcast and so hope you guys uh, enjoy it um, this first one what I wanted to do was talk about the some some differences in my training programs that I've noticed uh, over the last couple years and really kind of highlight that if you are a older, uh, mountain biker that you know what are some of the things that you want to uh, focus on and so you know there are differences between what a you know 20 something year old uh, pro rider would want to focus on and train and what a hobbyist in their 40s 50s or 60s or older would want to focus on and train and so uh, a lot of this came up I started thinking about this more the subject for this podcast as I was reading the book Outlive by Peter Atia. And Peter Atia is a longevity doctor. He specializes in helping people maximize their health span. <clears throat> and this is one of the things that he talked about in the book was the difference between lifespan and health span. And lifespan is just that. It's, you know, how many years are you alive? Health span is how well you're able to keep doing the things that you enjoy as you age like how healthy are you as you age and so again we've all seen the you know unfortunately the the older person who uh is you know really can't do anything right they're really kind of uh fragile they don't really have the strength and endurance to do what they want to do uh these are the people we usually think of as like ending up in nursing homes that's really kind of like the the nightmare scenario uh, for us as people is seeing our bodies deteriorate to the point to where, you know, yes, we're alive, 
but we can't really enjoy and, and do the things that we want to do because our health has basically deteriorated to the point that we're not able to do that. So how do we not only maximize our lifespan so we're able to live for a long time, but also to maximize our health span so that we're able to continue to do what we want to. And again, the, the theme of the podcast and, and stuff is the writing for a lifetime uh, idea. And so that is the health span. Like how, do you, how do you have the health span that allows you to ride uh, as long as you want? And so, uh, you know, like I said, like the, the thing we're trying to avoid is having to quit doing what we love at some point because of age or injuries. Um, you know, it's just a terrible way to spend your, your later years. And so uh, one of the concepts he talked about in the book was like training today for what you will need as you get older. And again, this is a consideration that uh, the older rider needs to take into account that the younger rider, they'd be, you know, you'd be good to start thinking about this stuff early on. But, you know, I, I remember when I was in my 20s, I'm not worried about what I'm going to be, you know, happening to me in my 50s, 60s or 70s, right? You feel invincible. And so you don't feel like you have to worry about those things. And so it really, uh, as you get older is when these things start to become more of an of an issue. And so, um, but the, you know, he, he talked about the fact that like you are going to start deteriorating at some point, right? Like we say that age is just a number, but it isn't, it's more than just a number. Like your body eventually does reach a point where it does start to deteriorate. And so, uh, how that happens and how quickly that happens is going to be directly affected by, the things that you're doing now, right? So let's say that you're in your 40s and you plan on wanting to be able to ride into your 60s or 70s or maybe even beyond, but let's just, you know, say like, you know, 60s or 70s. And so you got to think about like, okay, well, what kind of strength, what kind of mobility, what kind of power am I going to need to be able to ride my mountain bike at an enjoyable level uh, at, and, you know, think about like what that's going to take, right? And so the idea is, is that because you're going to be deteriorating, you can't just be at that level today, right? Like you have to have some reserve. Like if you want to be fit and strong enough to ride as a 70-year-old, you're going to need to be extra strong and fit as a 40-year-old, right? You're going to need to be training today with the idea of like building the reserve in some of these physical capacities that you're going to need to allow you to uh, continue to enjoy these things as you get older and as the natural uh, decline that happens with age starts to set in. And so uh, so some of the things that I've uh, changed in my own training because of this concept, this was something that I actually started doing before I read the book, but after reading the book, it really kind of reinforced some of these ideas. And so what I want to do is was touch on um, you know three of the things actually he talked about in the book that you want to that you want to start thinking about in training. So again, if you're looking at them, you know, as I'm doing this, we're you know approaching the off season uh, for mountain biking, and so if you're looking at getting into a an off season training program, uh, especially if you're an older rider, you want to make sure that these these things are covered in that training program. And if they're not, then maybe that training program isn't the best thing for you as an older rider, or maybe you can figure out how to add some of these things in 
But I truly, truly believe that if you are an older mountain biker, like I said, the 40-plus-year-old crowd, uh, that you have to have these things in your training program or else you're going to suffer not only in the short term but also in the long term as well because you're not going to have the, the, the reserves that you need to stave off uh, you know, the decline in a way that's going to allow you to continue to do what you want and enjoy uh, you know, uh, riding. <clears throat> and so these three things that I wanted to, to share with you um, are in no particular order. But uh, the first one is hypertrophy slash bodybuilding training, right? So hypertrophy is just a fancy word for muscle growth. Um, you know, one of the, you know, like I've, I've mentioned before, like you are going to start deteriorating at some point. And there, uh, one of the more frustrating things is a uh, condition called sarcopenia, I believe is how you say it. Yeah, sarcopenia. And that is basically, again, a, a fancy word for muscle loss. Um, at, at a certain point, you will start to lose muscle. You will start to, uh, your muscle mass will start to uh, deteriorate. And so if you don't have much muscle mass in the first place, then you're not going to have a whole lot to lose before that loss of muscle mass is really going to start to affect your, uh, you know, your ability to perform. And so, um, so you do need to take that into account. So this is probably the biggest difference in training for the 40 plus year old rider versus, you know, uh, you know, like a young pro, right? Like I, I said that, like there's, there's a contrast between like what a younger pro rider would be doing and what an older hobbyist would want to do. And this is probably one of the bigger uh, contrasts in that is the use of hypertrophy training and muscle growth. And again, a lot of riders in general would benefit from muscle gain. But again, we, we are in a sport where people tend to try to minimize their weight gain. Uh, they really want to maximize their strength to weight or power to weight ratio. And so being able to increase your strength and power without also putting on weight is also is one of the best ways to do that. And so there's a lot of, of strategies for doing that. But like I said, eventually you get to the point to where you got to think about, okay, you know, I got to start thinking about this long term. And I do need muscle mass as I get older to be able to uh, stay safe and, and continue to do the things that I want to do. And so, uh, you know, maybe it, it starts to decline or maybe you want to put some extra on. But bodybuilding training, some hypertrophy training is something that you should have in your program, whether it's something that you do, say, like early on in the off season. So, you know, you start out and you've got a month or two of, of you know, hypertrophy slash bodybuilder type training um, in your program or whether you have it. Uh, throughout like just you know a, a set or you know some exercises throughout your workouts where you're doing this and again hypertrophy training is just you need volume right to get muscles to grow you need volume which is a lot of sets and reps and so you are looking at needing to do you know like the, the classic three sets of 10 right so you're looking at needing to get between 30 to as many as 100 reps in, right, for hypertrophy to, to kick in. And so this is where doing like three sets of 10 or two sets of 15, um, you know, one set of 20 or 30, right, like these, these uh, the, the higher volume is what's going to help trigger that muscle growth. And so really bodybuilding training is just that, right, is it's, it's doing exercises at a volume that's going to produce 
muscle growth. And so you could also do some isolation training. And again, I think isolation training is something that, that really got, that, you know, we threw the baby out with the bathwater, uh, saying like curls are unfunctional. Um, you know, I've been guilty of this and, and I definitely think that that was a mistake. I think that doing your, your single joint quote unquote isolation training actually has a lot of value for us, uh, both from a, a health and, and joint health standpoint and also from an aesthetic standpoint, from a muscle growth and just, you know, how you look uh, standpoint. And so um, doing things like bicep curls and tricep extensions and, and lateral raises and things that, you know, we generally would look at as, as you know, quote unquote, non-functional and you'd want to avoid, um, I believe actually do, does have a, a place. Again, you want to be <clears throat> doing a lot of these, quote unquote, functional training exercises like squats and deadlifts and, and presses and stuff. But having, uh, you know, a set where you're doing like two or three sets of bicep curls and tricep extensions at the end of your workout, that's not going to ruin your functional gains, right? And if anything, it's actually going to help you. And, and, you know, one of the things that people don't think about is like, you know, isolation exercise is a bit of a misnomer, right? Because yeah, we're isolating a single joint, but what is the rest of the body doing? And again, unless you're in like a, a machine where everything's being stabilized for you, you know, if you're doing like a standing bicep curl, the rest of your body's having to produce tension to stabilize for that single joint to move. And so the isometric strength that you get from single joint exercises, I think has a lot of, of carryover uh, for us. And so something that really got overlooked when we were, you know, looking at like, hey, what do we want to, you know, again, you know, at one point bodybuilding was everything and everybody just trained like a bodybuilder. I think that wasn't the right way to do it. But I think that we went way too far in the quote unquote functional training uh, side of things with the pendulum swung way too far that way. And we threw out a lot of very valuable exercises, a lot of very valuable concepts, um, in this effort to try to like, you know, create functional training. Um, so bringing that pendulum back to the middle a bit, I think is good. So we de definitely do need a, a strong functional training aspect to our program, but we also need to make sure that we are addressing some of these other things and hypertrophy, you know, or muscle growth is one of those. And so, again, a lot of riders, if you're listening to this and you're afraid, like, man, if I put on like five or 10 pounds of muscle, which one is very hard to do, right? Like, you know, you're not just going to like start doing some hypertrophy training and, and add like 10, 20 pounds of muscle. Like if you do, then you're a genetic freak and you should have been a bodybuilder from the beginning, right? But for most of us, like, dude, adding five to 10 pounds of muscle is hard. It takes a lot of work. So you're not going to, you're not going to have to worry about just like adding a ton of weight, right? But let's say that you do add like five or 10 pounds of muscle. Is that really going to affect your performance? And the answer is no, right? In my experience that you're not going to have a negative impact on your performance. In fact, you're probably going to see your strength go up, your strength and power go up. Because again, remember, we're not just training as bodybuilders. We're also doing this functional training as well. So you doing something to increase your muscle mass, and that's going to give you the, you know, the more muscle mass you have, the more uh, potential you have for strength and power. And so, uh, so there is, you know, a, a benefit there. Remember, it's, it's strength to weight ratio. So if you put on a little bit of weight, but it helps you increase your strength to a great degree, then you're actually increased, improved that strength to weight ratio, which is going to improve your performance on the bike. Um, and, you know, a lot of riders, again, would also benefit from adding some muscle from an armor building standpoint. Like muscle is your best armor. It is your best defense for when you hit the ground, making sure that you don't break. And so the more muscle you have, the, the, the more kind of natural armor you have. And so, again, a lot of mountain bikers would benefit from adding some muscle 
both from just the, the improved potential for strength and power and also from the increased safety of having more natural armor to help them bounce a little bit better when you do inevitably hit the ground. So um, I do have a post, uh, a podcast and post that I did called why mountain bikers should sometimes train like bodybuilders. So I go into a little bit more detail about what hypertrophy training is and how to incorporate that into your routine. So uh, be sure to uh, check that out if you are interested in learning more, uh, which you should be. Um, So number two on the list is running and jumping slash power training. Now, power training is something that I've definitely, you know, trained over the years. Um, I don't think that I quite emphasized it as much again, like on the bike, especially traditional power training, it's not quite as valuable as it is for a regular athlete, right? Like we, we perform in a different environment on the bike than what a field sport athlete does. And so we're not able to take advantage of the stretch shortening cycle. And a lot of these things that power training is designed to help you, uh, maximize, which really plays a role in like field sports, but again, doesn't have as much uh, transfer for us on the bike. And so I've never really been a huge, in fact, I think I've got a, a podcast at some point that I did on like why power training is overrated for mountain biking. Um, and again, I, I'm not saying that any power training, you do need power training, but I, I think that this is another category that as you get older, you need to see a little bit of a switch, right? Like how much power training is, is specific to mountain biking versus how much power training is specific to helping me uh, improve my health span as I age. And so power is one of the first things to go as you get older, right? It's, and so it is, uh, it's something that you do need to train and work on both to maintain because remember if you're training this it's going to the decline is going to be slower right and so even if you're just doing enough to help stave off the decline but you know doing enough now to help build a reserve is really going to help um but within that i've really started to emphasize the ability to run and jump and throw you know these are our uh you know basic human movements that we've lost right this is one of those things again in the functional training world that we've kind of uh, lost is a lot of people who are really into functional training who can't jump well, who can't run well, who can't throw, uh, especially with like both arms well. And so these are basic human functions. And if we're really trying to be functional with our training, then we should be training these things as well. And so making sure that, you know, as an older athlete, you are adding in some some running, some jumping, some throwing. So something as simple as like, you know, uh, some short sprints, just like 10 yards, right? Like three to five short sprints doing like two to three sets of those. Um, broad jumps, just standing and, and, you know, seeing how far you can jump. Uh, you know, some basic vertical jumps, right? It doesn't have to be fancy, you know, some hops, just having a line on the floor and just like hopping back and forth over the line. Um, you know, the, the again, it doesn't have to be super fancy, but these things will work that stretch shortening cycle, that power ability, and help you maintain a, a you know, a, a suppleness, I guess, in your body. Because what happens, especially as we get older, we lose this ability, right? And so we don't train it. And then all of a sudden we have to run or we have to throw. And then we're like throwing out our back, we're throwing out our shoulder, you know, something hurts afterwards. And so what we want to do is, is maintain our ability to do these things if needed without hurting ourselves. And so that's where training these things 
um, come in. You know, the upper body, the throwing stuff, you can use medicine balls. I'm a real big fan of using um, Indian clubs because uh, they really allow you to use uh, or train the, the shoulder girdle in a, in a really functional way. Um, so anyway, just some, something else to keep in mind is that, uh, that, that the power training, especially the running and jumping. So if you haven't been training that, then you definitely want to make sure that you're getting some of that into your training program as well. And then finally, breathing. Um, again, breathing is something that uh, I was really surprised but happy to see Peter cover in the Outlive book. And he talks about breathing from a, a standpoint of maintaining stability. So stability is another thing that we lose as we age and proper core function is a key to avoiding uh, a severe lack of stability, right? And breathing properly is the key to proper core function. So again, if it, like at its most basic level, proper breathing simply means to use your diaphragm to drive your breathing, right? Your diaphragm is this dome-shaped muscle that sits on the bottom of your, your lungs, Right, and so as you breathe in, it flattens out, which pulls air into your lungs, and as you breathe out, it relaxes, goes back into the dome shape, and that's what pushes the air out. That is your breathing muscle, or the main one, right? And so you want to be driving your breathing from that. The problem is, is if you're not using your diaphragm properly to drive your breathing, your body, like breathing, is your most basic thing, right? You can only go a few minutes without breathing before you're going to die. So your body's always going to prioritize breathing. And so if you're not using your diaphragm, it's going to figure out a way to breathe. And it's going to do that by using other muscles that aren't your diaphragm. The problem is, is these other muscles then can't do their job. If you're using these muscles to help drive your breathing in some way, those muscles cannot be used to help stabilize the core. They can't be used to help drive movement. And so your breathing uh, directly affects your core function and your core function is going to directly affect your movement quality. In fact, one of the, the studies that I uh, came across when studying more about this subject, they actually looked at um, you know breathing and, and how it affected movement and one of the conclusions that they came to is until you normalize your breathing patterns, you can't normalize any movement pattern. So basically, as long as you have some sort of breathing dysfunction, you are going to have some sort of movement dysfunction. And that movement dysfunction is going to show up in, in uh, overuse injuries, in a lack of performance in certain areas. And so again, as basic as it sounds, breathing is a huge, huge part of what you need to be focusing on as you're training and you know, especially as an older rider because we really need to maximize what we're getting out of our, our training. And uh, you know, at this point, we're probably dealing with some overuse injuries. So the, the last thing that we need to do is make those things worse or make the possibility of those things becoming worse, um, you know, trying to minimize that by making sure that we are at least breathing as best we can and using our diaphragm to drive our breathing. So again, I've got quite a few posts on uh, breathing. Um, so you can go, you know, bikejames.com and just, you know, search breathing. Uh, you'll probably find quite a few things where I've talked about different ways to assess your breathing, different, you know, ways to train it. Um, I do have my guide to better breathing for mountain biking, uh, you know, product that you can, can pick up, which really goes into the subject and gives you a ton of tools to help improve your breathing. And so really, if you did nothing else, like most people are not focusing on their breathing, 
right? And so if you add this into your training this off season, uh, then it will make a huge impact. Again, like one of the studies, again, that I, I came across that it, people literally doubled the results of their cardio training, right? Their VO2 max and the results that they got from the cardio training the group that did some basic breathwork training literally doubled their results from their cardio training. So, I mean, imagine like getting twice the results from the same exact workout by simply spending a few minutes a day, a couple or you know, a couple times a week, uh, focusing on your breathing and doing some breathwork training. It's a pretty small investment for the results that you're going to get. And so, in my opinion, it's probably one of the biggest bang for the buck things that you can do. Uh, to help improve your results, really at any age, but especially as you get older. So, so that's uh, that's it. Those are the three things. Um, again, you know, bodybuilding slash hypertrophy training. It's super important that we are maintaining, if not adding, some muscle uh, to help you know ensure that as we get older, we're able to maintain adequate levels of muscle mass so that we can continue to function at a at a high level. Um, our power, uh, you know, specifically our ability to run and jump, you know, these things deteriorate as we age, but they are basic human functional movements that we need to be making sure that we're maintaining both from an ability to, to move and also from an ability to, you know, if you can't run, then odds are there's something, uh, some overuse injury or some injury waiting to happen in your lower body, right? Like things aren't functioning properly if you can't run well and if you can't throw your shoulders are probably going to be a mess so your ability to run and throw and do some of these basic power movements is also an indicator of you just being um you know functionally fit and not having some some underlying dysfunctions that are going to cause issues down the road so it's a good just kind of uh you know diagnostic as well like can you run and jump if you can then great then you're, you're probably pretty sound in in your upper and lower body um, if not, then you probably have some things you need to address. And then finally, breathing and just your ability to use your diaphragm. And so, you know, breathing is going to come both from specific training uh, and also from, you know, focus while you're working out. So like, you know, while you're training, you're doing your cardio training, you're doing your strength training, that you're focusing on using good breathing patterns to drive that, especially with cardio, man. I've really seen and, and tried to emphasize for years with people to Focus on your breathing and only take your cardio training as hard as you can maintain good breathing. So, you know, if you're doing a set of intervals and you're like, you know, pushing yourself super hard and you're using your chest to breathe and it's just, you know, it's just terrible uh, breathing pattern, but you're getting it done. You know, what are you really training there? Right. What your, your, your crappy breathing patterns like that's what you're really training. And so training should be about like getting better, not testing your limits with what you already have. It should be about improving what you have. And so you should be thinking about improving your breathing patterns and applying good breathing to everything you're doing rather than just trying to uh, lift as much weight as you can or go as hard as you can on the intervals and letting your breathing go to crap. Like that's probably one of the, the, the most basic, easiest things you guys can do to help start improving your breathing is to just be conscious of it and focus on applying good breathing to your cardio and strength training workouts. And you know that'll start to, to carry over to your riding and other activities as well. So uh, like I said earlier, you know we like to say the age is just a number, but the truth is it's more than that, right? Your body does start to decline as you get older. 
And it's not just all in your head. Okay. You can't just like decide that, oh, you know, I call it Gogginsing yourself, like David Goggins, you know, he's real famous for talking about how like it's all all in your head, right? And running through injuries and stuff. And, you know, that dude's a freaking animal. I wouldn't recommend that. I've I've tried it and I've hurt myself. I call it Gogginsing myself. Um, but you don't want to Goggins yourself as you get older by just trying to deny the realities of your body changing, right? And so it's not all in your head. It is physical reality, but there are things that you can do to both, uh, you know, slow the decline and also give yourself an advantage so that as that decline starts to happen, you're ahead of the curve and you're able to maintain your quality of, of movement and everything for a much longer period than someone who wasn't, you know, looking at this stuff. So again, your 60 year old self is going to be determined by your 40 year old self. And so, you know, start thinking about that now and start thinking about like, what can you do now to help set up your, your 60, 70, 80 year old self for success? And again, this is, you know, a big difference in what the older rider needs to think about versus the younger rider. Um, and, and so again, some changes there, you know, definitely I would put, you know, some, some different things in the older riders program. I look at my, my workouts now compared to what I was doing in my twenties. You know, a lot of it is the same. I'm not saying it's completely different, but, um, definitely some differences, some different emphases. And so, uh, hopefully you guys are getting some fuel for thought, some things that will help you with your own, uh, training programs and stuff. And so anyways, if you have any questions on any of this, I'm always happy to help. You can hit me up at james at bikejames.com. You can find uh, some great training programs at bikejames.com. I do have my 40 plus year old mountain bike training program, uh, which is made for the 40 plus year old rider, which incorporates a lot of these things that I'm talking about into it. Really, as far as I know, it's the only uh, mountain bike training program made specifically for the 40 plus year old rider. Um, you can also get my uh, guide to better breathing, which goes over that. I've got you know the ultimate MTB workout program, which is my my flagship uh, program. If you're looking for something for off season training, it is the the best workout program you can get. Period covers strength, cardio, mobility, skills, mindset. I mean, just everything that you need as a, to improve as a rider is covered in that program. So, anyway, some different resources and stuff, and you know, lots of free stuff at bikejames.com as well to help you out. So, again, if you guys have any questions, let me know. Otherwise, I will talk to everybody next time.